0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Intersections Matches talk radio, a holistic lifestyle show focused on the continual evolution into the best versions of our authentic selves. This is Jess your host. and the founder of Intersections Match, the only matchmaking and dating coaching company focused on South Asian singles throughout North America and the UK. As a dating coach and matchmaker, I'm always interested in fresh perspectives from authors, researchers, and experts. Help me provide unparalleled service to our clients. And I'm very excited to welcome fellow dating coach Jeremy Jong to our show. Jeremy is a men's confidence coach who empowers men to have confidence in love, relationships, and career. His advice and coaching is rooted in personal experience. And everyone knows how I believe confidence is so super important in, um, in the whole dating and relating. So, welcome to the show, Jeremy.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited to be on here. Well,
1: it's a pleasure to have you on. And what I'd love to start is, what's your story? Basically, how did you end up as a dating coach?
2: Sure, happy to share. So my story is something some people may relate to. I grew up in an immigrant and? family, so it was very hardworking, very academically oriented. Uh, my parents mm-hmm. are originally from Taiwan. And that whole thing about focusing on academics kind of bleeded into my life so basically I didn't have a dating life when I was in middle school and high school and even parts of college because I was so conditioned to just focus on achieving, getting good grades and just kind of performing that I never actually got out there and put myself in front of people and what happened is I just got really scared of talking to women and talking to people because uh, quite honestly I didn't have a lot of experience with it and Mm-hmm. as time went on, being a full-blooded you know, male, I was just like, I want to meet women. I want to connect with them. And <laughs> in college, I basically had to start from scratch. Like, I was reading all the material out of there out there on dating, and some of it was good. Some of it was really bad, and some of it just was not right mm-hmm. for me. But, you know, I kind of got out mm-hmm. there with a the whole, I'm going to experiment and find what works for me. And it was very frustrating because I would literally sometimes read lines i think i should say to women and then they're just like why do you sound like a robot you know or they just like allow oh, mm-hmm. this is really awkward." and but over time being willing to put myself out there constantly and talk to women approach women and you know get in like many relationships and get in relationships and getting my heart broken a lot of times uh slowly but surely the pieces came together and one thing i want to say is that it's not so much it wasn't a very linear experience because I was trying to balance, you know, becoming a better lover and dater and potential boyfriend Mm -hmm. with also my career and all the other aspects of my life. So it was sometimes like two steps forward, three steps back, it would seem. But slowly but surely, since I was always willing to kind of face my fears and put myself out there, um, eventually I got it to a pretty good place. And the reason why, you know, I'm focused on being a men's confidence coach and helping out with dating especially is because... I know this is a point for a lot of men, and women included, I recognize that, that not being able to feel like you have your love life handled is a huge...
1: You know what, Jeremy? I think you broke up a bit. Go indeed, ahead. I, I, you
2: know
1: where we, okay, you, Jeremy, you know what? I'm
2: going to ask you to repeat. You know what? You're, hey, Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy.
1: Hey Jeremy, you know what? You're breaking up a little bit, so I'd love for you to start over from where you talked about, um, you know, um, the getting your, you know, your, your love life handled, and then you were you were breaking up a bit. So can I have you just repeat us? I'm sorry about that, but I want to make sure the audience gets everything that you said. So we're um, going to just start there about getting it handled, and then you were breaking up. Sure. Sorry. Well, okay. Go ahead.
2: Okay. Are you guys it will hold up a lot clearer now? Okay. So, yeah, it is. Love life, you know, it requires me to reel really myself out there. Like, great. And what? What does it, it require? Yeah, to like ankles. Just you know, I. Have to get into hmm. relationship getting broken up with, and there was a lot of times, that and myself for just kind of understand like, I'm not, there is is me. So what kind of work do I have to do? And over time, I think once <laughs> I kind of faced myself and my and experience, it just led to the point where I'm. <laughs> now, I'm um,
0: You
1: uh, know what, Jeremy, I'm so sorry to Uh, interrupt you again, but
0: you're
1: you're breaking up again. I don't know. You know, sorry, Jeremy, you know what? I'm so
0: sorry.
1: Hey, Jeremy, you know what? You're really breaking up again. Um, I'm just, uh, I am wondering, you know what, why don't you drop the line and dial in again? Why don't we try that? You wanna try that? Just because it's it's really difficult to hear you. So I don't uh, I don't want to keep repeating. Drop in and come back, maybe. Okay, we'll do. Hey Jeremy. Welcome back. Hey. Talk to me. Glad let's to be see. back Ooh, on. You sound okay, you're okay, better. Let's let's go there. Mm-hmm. I am gonna I'm gonna make you do that a third time just so we get the good stuff. So, um, you know, let's start pretty much where you ended before in terms of,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, you
1: were talking about getting it handled and then you, a little bit good stuff, then you're Mm -hmm. kind of breaking up again. So I was hoping so go ahead and just launch into that again,
2: if you would. Yeah, sure. That'd be helpful. Of course. Of course. And in terms of getting it handled, it took a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Basically, I had to put myself out there. I had to... I must have talked to at least a thousand plus women. I was romantically interested in. Wow. Okay. And, you know, for me, it was just flooding the experiences of talking to women, trying to get them out on dates, connecting with them and then getting broken up with or breaking up with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, slowly Mm -hmm. but surely, even though sometimes I I don't want to paint it as a linear picture because it wasn't like I went from step one to step two with no troubles A lot of times, you know, I was trying to balance career and everything else, and there are times where I'm like, I can't Mm -hmm. focus on my love life, or I was constantly talking to my friends, like, how does someone, like, develop themselves to have a good love life and also have a great career, and, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. and also
2: be in such a state that they're taking care of their body, and, you know, but slowly but surely, because I constantly showed up and was willing to kind of expand my comfort zone, as well as really just look at myself, because one thing I always realized, and this is something I might mention later, is just how I was always the common denominator in my relationship and dating failures and being willing to kind of face my fears and understanding why I acted the way I did was kind of crucial in helping me handle it. And nowadays I am in a loving relationship with a woman that I believe I may get married to, and I'm really excited for that, but just being willing to kind of show up, face my fears and, The inner work of facing myself was very crucial, and this kind of goes to my point of why I am a men's confidence coach helping men, uh, you know, have confidence in dating, love, and just platonic relationships and career, and specifically focus kind of on dating because you know, dating is a huge source of anger, resentment, and angst for a lot of people, both men and women. Mm -hmm. But since I am a guy, I focus on men and I want to help other men Mm -hmm. because. It's frustrating. Like, let's admit it. It's a saturated marketplace, and there's a lot of advice out there that may be actually hurtful, or it may be helpful, but only only for a specific men. So, I'm hoping like the message I have may appeal to some men and help them kind of shorten the learning curve.
1: Wonderful. Well, one congratulations, Jeremy, on that. That is quite you. a, a you know, combination of uh, of the. Room. And then I love, you know, willing to expand outside of your comfort zone. I think that's, I mean, that's golden in terms of, you know, relationships, everything, right, in terms of growth. Um, So I think that Mm -hmm. is a message for everybody. Now, I also will say, because we have male and female audience members, and I will say that I personally didn't realize this when I was single. I mean, it is the approaching women is one of the hardest things for guys to do. And I think sometimes we women don't realize, right, kind of what, what it takes. Um, so I definitely mm-hmm. want to find out from you how, do you, how did you learn? And I appreciate it wasn't linear. Um, how did you learn mm-hmm. um, in terms of to be assertive? How did you, you know, learn to kind of face your fears of approaching attractive women? Tell, tell me about that.
2: Sure, for sure. And it was definitely like, nowadays, I can kind of distill it into a formula and framework. But back then, I just tried everything. I would, Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you kind of the chaos of what I went through to try to learn. I would read up on mindset strategies. I looked into like NLP to kind of like almost induce myself into a more confident state. I read books on confidence. Mm -hmm. I read funny things to say to women. And I just tried everything. But I think looking okay. back, what really helped me kind of be assertive and be kind of comfortable uh, was the following thing. is I learned that, one, and this is a cliche, that action is the best teacher. I could read all I want about approaching women, but until mm-hmm. I actually kept doing it consistently, I found that that's when I really gained insight. Because it is a common, I noticed, defense mechanism and avoidance strategy to just consume a lot of information to kind of avoid, mm-hmm. let's say, approaching attractive women because it feels good, right? It feels like we're making progress, but ultimately it didn't yes. make me into a better man in terms of being mm-hmm. knowing how to approach women. Uh, the second thing was primarily, and these are going to specific tips, one is baby steps. I started to realize that when I was approaching women, I I I was jumping way too ahead. I was hoping she would become my girlfriend because maybe she was the hottest girl I saw that day. I was hoping for this future Mm -hmm. with her. And I was so kind of deep in my head and projecting (laughs) into the future that I didn't realize how much pressure that, that put on myself. So how I put it into baby steps is just saying, I'm going to start walking over there and I'm just going to say hi to her. Or I would just say hi to her and have a short conversation. So setting the goals into things I could control and it's a, like, more manageable mm-hmm. stuff instead of trying to, like, you know, go for the goal each time kind of helped a lot. And the third thing that kind of helped out was just giving myself permission not to feel confident to be able to approach her. Because I realized, and this ties into the whole point on confidence, is that I was always waiting for this esoteric Mm -hmm. feeling of unshakable confidence before I actually started approaching. But a better way of looking Mm -hmm. at it is give yourself permission to not feel confident, but to do it anyway. And that's where courage comes in. Because when you act in spite of your fears, and when I acted in spite of my fears, it showed that I was still the boss and that my fears were uncomfortable sensations caused by these belief patterns in my mind, but that I didn't have to be a slave to them. So that's really kind of what helped out. And later on, it's like this weird cycle of once you start doing it, and even if you don't believe it, uh, I started having more positive experiences. And I latch onto these experiences, not like in an unhealthy, fixated way, but I latch onto these experiences as proof that attractive women or women that I found attractive also enjoy the conversation with me and found me attractive. So, And that's the point where once you keep going out there and doing it, like over time, you get a feel of it, and then you start to achieve some success. And once you have some success, that's hard evidence that, you know, I'm a man that can be attractive to women, and there's irrefutable evidence that this has happened. Yes. Yeah. Wonderfully
1: said. I, uh, I so appreciate what you're talking about, little steps. So as you said, we can wait forever if we we, we want to feel like, yeah, got, this is cake, you know, approaching this woman, these women. But instead to say, you know what, I'm just going to, I may, this might be the last thing I want to do on earth, but I am going to take the step, like you said, the little step. You take one little step and it's like, it's, you know, you're like, okay, this this is working and it, it actually fuels you to take the next step and the next. And then you're like, wow, this works really well. And, and so you're confident. So, I love that. I think that when we're waiting for confidence or inspiration, that could be um, it could be a really long wait. Instead of like you said, taking action and, and feeding your conference, confidence through that. So um, very well mm-hmm. said. Now you mentioned you mentioned a belief pattern. Tell me, how mm-hmm. did you get over any beliefs that may have limited you in? Um, it could be an approaching woman. It could even be later in relationships, right, when you were actually got past the approach. You actually were developing a relationship. Tell, tell me about um, getting over those beliefs and what some of those li- limiting beliefs that you yourself had or even that you've had with your clients that, um, sure. you know, that have that able to shine light on. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Sure. And I'll just kind of just it down to one big belief because a lot of times the different okay. beliefs I had were shades of the – Root belief, let's call it. To use an analogy, imagine uh, the beliefs I had were branches on a tree, but at the very core of the tree is a trunk, right? And that trunk Mm -hmm. belief or that main belief was, and a lot of people use different terms for it, but a common term is shame. The belief that Mm -hmm. I wasn't good enough for her or the belief I wasn't good enough in general. And I mean, this kind of ties back to my history growing up in a very tough emotional household. And basically over time I felt I had to perform to kind of prove my worth. And over time that kind of formed the script of, I need to do something to be worthy of love or to be worthy enough of whatever it may be. Right. But basically it was like, I didn't feel like I was good enough. And in terms of kind of how I had to overcome these beliefs. Well, again, it kind of goes back to action. I don't want to go to the whole like, Oh yeah, you take action, then it fixes itself. But uh, I'll say, there's the devil is in the details and there were times where Mm -hmm. I really did not believe an attractive guy. And I'm not saying like I'm the best looking guy or anything. I mean, it's all relative, but there was a point where I actually, to get around this belief, I stopped trying to resist it. And later on, now I realize what I did because after just kind of looking back in retrospect, like hindsight is 2020, but I realized that trying to force myself. And this is actually, this may be a controversial point I realized that trying to force myself to think positively and forcing action did not work for me because I always thought I was lying to myself. And I know this is common advice. like repeat, like, Oh, I'm confident. I'm sexy and whatever. But for me, I didn't feel that way. But what actually helped a lot to challenge these beliefs to take the action was not resisting it and forcing the positive action, but just asking, you know what? What if I'm wrong? Why don't I find out? And that curiosity Mm -hmm that spirit of openness and willingness coincidentally did a few things. One, it took the pressure off because when I was trying to force myself to feel like I was sexy and confident and women wanted me, like that actually gave a lot of pressure. And then I would go out there and crash and burn. Right. And a lot of women were just like, Oh, he's
0: Mm -hmm. he's
2: faking it. Right. And I was, I was faking it versus when I'm like, well, what if I'm wrong? Let's find out. And when I shifted it to, and this goes to this concept, when you ask yourself the right questions, the right answers will appear. Because when I was asking myself questions that were focused on the problems I had and the limiting beliefs I had, like, why am I not confident? Naturally, the w- mind works in such a way that it will return answers to that. But when I started thinking, like, what if I'm wrong? Why don't I find it out? You know, like, how can we have fun? Like, how can I give love to this drama about the me? And I don't mean that, like, in a, like, love-making way, but just, like, a good energy, Naturally, Mm -hmm. I started to brainstorm ways of enjoying the interaction, and by doing that and taking the pressure off me, because now it's about enjoying the interaction and just seeing if I'm wrong and being curious about that, coincidentally, coincidentally, the interactions would get a lot better, and because the interactions went a lot better, I actually started to believe that I am worthy, right, and that I'm potentially worthy of being in a nice relationship with an attractive woman that I really care about and really cares about me. So I would say at the very core, you know, the limiting belief was I didn't believe I was good enough. And what really worked was, Mm -hmm. one, approaching it with a spirit of curiosity and just like, what if I'm wrong? And the third thing was just Mm -hmm. being willing to take action with that belief because then I'm like, you know what, It's, it's an experiment. I want to see what happens. And approaching it with that way eventually led to enough experiences where I'm like, yeah, I believe that I'm not good enough. Like, I get why I feel it, but the reality is now I have evidence from my action that I am good enough and I am worthy enough and that I don't need to prove myself.
1: Wonderful. I love that, asking questions. As soon as we get a question, right, as soon as our mind starts to the question, we then get to work trying to find an answer to that question. And it's wonderful if the question is something like, what if, and you just won't. What would I do if I were a guy who X, Y, and Z? Be that guy just for the moment. And like you said, there's your, you'll get your evidence, which will feed, again, so wonderful. So, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned growing up in a tough emotional household. And, and then, you know, I know you mentioned being in a relationship now that possibly could see marriage on the horizon, which makes me, I'm going to make... Um, yeah, make it somewhat of an assumption. I an mean, assumption, you know, you consider this as you know, like an emotionally healthy relationship. And,
0: but mm-hmm. that's the
1: case. How was that to get from a tough emotional household to? So, there are challenges, then, right, in terms of establishing a, a healthy way of relating. So, any, any advice, any suggestions to people who, likewise, have had you know, upbringing which was challenging in some way emotionally.
2: For sure. And I think to get from, let's say, a tough emotional place, let's say due to your childhood Mm -hmm. in a household or even just like past experiences, like maybe you got excessively bullied or like you had a horrific breakup that kind of shattered your confidence. A lot of it comes down Mm -hmm. to uh, the following concepts. One is forgiveness, learning how to really forgive those that have offended you. And I know this, again, this is one thing that's really easier said than done. Like, it's hard for me. Like, for years, it took a lot of years for me to learn how to forgive my parents, as well as people that in the past. And I didn't really go into this, but I actually got bullied quite a bit because it's the whole, like, it's a weird, like, cycle where once you don't feel good about yourself, other people will notice that. Mm -hmm. And the people who are more opportunistic will take advantage of that. So then it, like, kind of compounds on itself. But forgiveness was key because it's not about just, saying oh what they did was okay it's about forgiveness is about being willing to forgive the others so that you give yourself emotional freedom so that was really key the other thing is acceptance and self-forgiveness and this is kind of tied together of being willing to look fully at your past and accept everything that happened and that means not resisting because and this kind of ties to my meditation practice where i notice a lot of the suffering comes when we kind of resist how things are or how they were and my resistance was Mm -hmm. kind of like I wish I had better parents I wish that you know these girls didn't call me ugly when I was growing up I wish like my college roommate didn't bully me for years right and just like I was stuck Mm -hmm. in the past and I was resisting how it was and I wanted it to be different because I kind of blamed them and that actually kept me in a bind because I was forever a slave to those negative emotions and those patterns until I learned how to fully accept it. Like, hey, yeah, it happened. You know, I can't change it, but so I have to let go of the past and accept it fully. And it helped shape me into who I am. And that really helped me. And the third thing was also just stop, like going from a position of being a victim to taking full responsibility. Uh, the reality in life is that nothing is fully within our control, but I realized that, you know, taking 100% responsibility for my life put me in a position of empowerment because no longer was I dwelling on the stories of the past and coming up with excuses and trying to make it seem like, whoa, I keep having failing relationships because my mom didn't hold me enough or because, you know, I wasn't assertive and I didn't learn how to, like, love myself due to my college roommate, blah, blah, blah. And I just realized that, no, it's time to be responsible, like... I am physically adult, and now it's time to emotionally be an adult and take care of myself and chart my destiny and put myself within my position of power of understanding that I can change things. And the other thing that I would say that was really helpful in terms of moving towards a emotionally healthy relationship is before you get in an emotionally healthy relationship, you have to become emotionally healthy. I've realized that like tends to attract mm-hmm. like people that are codependent yeah. that have a lot of insecurities will tend to attract similar people this goes into uh, and especially for the men who are consummate nice guys those type of men will tend to attract emotionally manipulative women who will take advantage of their niceness uh, but that's a side point and for me i had to realize i have to do the inner work on myself to be able to attract My counterpart, right? So if I want a woman that's loving, that's caring, that's honest, that, you know, loves me, is like great, empathetic, and self-aware, I need to be all those qualities myself. I can't expect myself to Mm -hmm. not be that and expect the partner to kind of be my dream partner and emotionally healthy until I become that. Because then only then when I work on myself and really heal myself, will I be at the same level she's at and be able to have the possibility of a relationship And having a connection and relationship grow. So those are kind of the tips I would say in terms of getting into an emotionally healthy relationship fundamentally is about becoming an emotionally healthy person and creating space within your heart to allow a relationship to happen because that's something that you can't force. Wow.
1: Okay, tell me tell me this. Um you had mentioned nice guy and I know, but I actually would love to touch it, touch that because I know that for a lot of guys being could be friend-zoned or just, you know, mm-hmm. nice guy syndrome can be can be a, can be a problem, right? And so mm-hmm. how did how did you navigate that? Tell, tell me about that. What well,
0: was
2: sure. your experience
1: navigating that and yeah.
2: It was it was treacherous, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I right now I'm speaking like you know, <laughs> okay. my experiences and uh-huh. since I'm like not yeah. in it not in the whirlwind of yeah. being in a relationship that where I'm a nice guy and the girl will take advantage of me. I can speak more objectively. Yeah. But it was a whirlwind because it was very treacherous and I'll use one relationship mm-hmm. as an example. It was a classic okay. she was she was freshly broken up with her ex boyfriend but she found me attractive mm-hmm. and we started yeah. dating but she was never fully over mm-hmm. him. And for me, I was a nice guy because I want to kind of go into the psychology of a nice guy. The nice guy tends to put up with a lot of crap from women or their partner because, uh, again, it goes to that earlier point on the limiting belief I had, the whole thing, I'm not good enough. And a lot of nice guys put up with it because deep down they are scared that they're not good enough and that they're scared of being seen. And to explain that – That's why they don't assert themselves. That's why they don't say like, hey, this behavior is not okay. Like you can't yell at me and hit me and just call me names. And they're scared of leaving because they're also scared that once they lose this girl, that's the best that they can do. And fundamentally, all this Mm -hmm. behavior of like trying to control the situation, uh, trying to do covert contracts where they buy presents for the women that they're with and hoping that the women reciprocate. And again, that's very emotionally manipulative. It comes down to this fundamental Mm -hmm. belief that if I truly express myself, if I really stand up for myself and assert myself, because fundamentally most people know that, know when they're being taken advantage of, right? The hard thing is about making that leap to having the right behavior and overcoming that resistance. But fundamentally people know when they're not being true to themselves. They know when they're in a bad relationship. They know when they're not speaking the truth. And for nice guys, and for me too, this is from my personal experience, the tough thing was speaking my truth because fundamentally, I was scared I was not good enough. I felt that my worth was only in being able to caretake the girlfriend that I was with. And I was scared of really speaking my truth, asserting myself, potentially ending the relationship because that was what the truth was because I was also scared I wouldn't find anyone better. And again, that goes into the whole feeling of I didn't believe I was good enough and capable enough to find someone else. And fundamentally, I think that's mm-hmm. what nice guys struggle with is this belief that they're not good enough and that people really saw them for who they are. People would think that they are not good enough, that they're defective. And that's why they have a lot of different behaviors to mask you know, what they want to try to get because they feel they have to use a lot of indirect, passive, aggressive behavior to get what they want. And the end result is they tend to attract women who are their emotional counterparts. So the way it kind of overcame it and I want to go into the solution, is just uh, one is I had to go through the experience because incredibly enlightening, but in the moment, it Mm -hmm. was very painful. It is the worst feeling, or one of the worst feelings, I would say, to really care about someone so deeply but also be filled with Mm -hmm. anger and resentment towards them because she wasn't acting the way I wanted her to act. It was hurtful to know that she was interested in other men and putting up with it and it was also Mm -hmm. very painful to try to break up with her and then get back together with her because I was scared of being alone but eventually what I'm trying to get at is there was a point where I just hit my breaking point and everyone has a different breaking point but there came a point where Mm -hmm. I thought this is ridiculous and something just kind of snapped at me and this is kind of the difference between wisdom and just knowledge knowledge is kind of knowing conceptually what you should be doing Mm -hmm. but wisdom is about having that insight having your heart change in such a way that you're able to take action on it and for me i was like this is not going to get any better if it's already this hard in the relationship and she's acting this way it's only going to get worse and i deserve better Mm -hmm. and when i got to the point where the pain of not changing was so much greater than the pain of changing for the better. That's when I, the scales kind of tipped, and I'm like, you know what? This is silly. Like It's time for me to break up with her. And from there, the step-by-step plan I took to kind of overcome nice guy syndrome is I had to do things for myself. And that, that's a very simplistic way of building self-esteem. I started to set goals Mm -hmm. for myself. I started looking at myself, like my patterns in relationships and dating, and started examining, like, why does this keep happening? And then I resolved to work on those areas. I started keeping commitments to myself. I started speaking my truth. And all this came down to I built up my self-esteem because all the stuff I did was for me, for healing me, and to communicate to myself that I mattered. And over time, I really started to believe it. And in terms of practicing it, when I started dating again, yeah, sometimes I would run into behavior that I didn't like and just being able to assert myself, practice speaking my truth, practice setting my boundaries, and just follow through with it. There was a point where I said, yeah, this girl is incredibly attractive and I want to see her again, but it's very hard to reach her and I don't like that behavior. Just being willing to value the prin- applying the principle over the results was huge because mm-hmm. and I was like, it's not about getting her to say or like trying to strategize or it's not even about connecting with her physically or emotionally. It's about being true to yourself and applying these principles. Because I think the way I viewed it is I knew in the long game of things that if I worked on myself and really stood up for myself and really took care of myself, that the right person would come along and she would say, and she would also honor my boundaries. So over time, just, you know, doing the principle over just wanting to get something from a girl was very helpful and that's kind of how i got out of it and again again it wasn't like a very linear thing where like all of a sudden i just created like a perfect game plan and executed and like within a month i was done being a nice guy it took a lot of struggles and sometimes it slipped up but it's something that i resolved to practice i resolved to work on myself and over time when i kept doing it over and over again it just it became really ingrained into who i was
1: Excellent. Um, you know, I think exactly what you said in terms of the pain, and I think a lot, a, a lot of men can relate to that, and also women as well, right? We don't call it kind of the nice guy syndrome for women, but a lot of women end up falling into that trap, right? Of maybe you know they're feeling not feeling as worthy of love, and then really you know over-serving, kind of um, overextending mm-hmm. themselves beyond. You know, not having boundaries, not being willing to express themselves. So I think that's something that actually is shared by men and women alike. So it's really helpful Mm -hmm. to, you know, to have that from a guy's point of view. And another thing that I would love to have from a guy's point of view is you'd mentioned communication. And I think that this really um, dovetails with what you said in terms of to be in a healthy relationship, to get yourself to be, right, to be a healthy partner, right? It's hard to be in a healthy Mm -hmm. relationship when – both people are not healthy partners. So, um, tell me in terms of communication, how you know communication is one of those things we're all it's evolving, and the two partners are evolving that through the course of the relationship. And how do you communicate effectively with your partner? Um, you know, I know that one of the things that can come up for people in effective communication is, is defensiveness, right? Especially in an emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, embroiled relationship, which romantic relationships are. So how do you communicate effectively with your partner without being defensive?
2: Yeah, it's really hard because I had to learn. how. And, I mean, it's one of those things where a lot of ancillary practices or habits a person develops may be helpful. Uh, for example, to kind mm-hmm. of go into the conversation, um, meditation for me has really helped me learn how to see where it's just mindless chatter in my mind. And as they call it, like okay. the ego, And there are times I realize that I want to respond because I just want to be, I realize I just want to be heard or I just want to say something. And it's actually for me to make myself feel better or it's the ego and just being able to kind of meditate Mm -hmm. and realize the nature of the thoughts and the way we are. I know that's getting a little bit spiritual. It's helped me kind of accept things with a more open mind and being willing to kind of just like shut up and listen to the other person. So meditation has been Mm -hmm. very helpful, but I think what the thing that also was very helpful was just, taking a deep breath and being willing to accept whatever the other person may say because I realized for me and my personality type I'm I do I don't want to say I like arguing per se but my girlfriend does say that I'm a really convincing person and that sometimes (laughs) like I may actually potentially overpower her so for me I'm just like okay like I realized there's that side of me where actually and I want to dive deeper into this one is There's a little bit of a compulsion to control. And that's something I actually, again, it goes into like a side thing to work on. I realized I was always Mm -hmm. wanting to control things because I didn't want to feel out of control. I didn't want to feel helpless. And I didn't want to feel helpless because I'm scared that if, you know, things were out of my control, I'd be exposed as not being good enough. So, again, it goes into like when you build your self-esteem, coincidentally, it means that you know your voice matters enough. And once you know your voice matters enough, you're more willing to let the other person speak because you don't feel threatened or you don't feel the need to control. And in terms of what helped, tactically what helped in terms of learning how to not be defensive and just communicate Mm -hmm. honestly was just actually practicing it. Again, it goes into a lot of times people wait for this feeling of I need to feel confident before I talk to the girl. And in this case, I need to feel peaceful before I start practicing how to communicate non-violently and not being defensive. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's just, again, sometimes the behaviors have to come first before someone reaches that state of, you know, feeling good about communicating in a non-defensive manner. So just being able to practice it with my girlfriends uh, was really helpful. And to dive into, like, tactically how to communicate, um, I'll keep it short and simple. What helped me a lot is just, one letting the other person speak and two is not blaming the other person and usually when I would say things I would the sentence structure would be I felt this way or I felt emotion when this happened and so other person's behavior but it's not saying because you did this you know you're like an asshole or you're a jerk for doing that and you're making me feel this way it's more just like hey, when this happened or when this trigger happened, this is how I felt. And it's more about explaining your emotions. And I found that for me when I come from that place and when my partner comes from that place, we're able to kind of explore our emotions together and how we felt that and how we can solve it as a couple. And coincidentally, what it does is it brings us, you know, together because now we're focusing on having the other person feel heard we're focusing on how we can improve the relationship. And for me, that was immensely, immensely helpful.
1: I love the teamwork involved in there. And and I love, I, I think it's from your explaining that too, you, you really, um, you know, you sh- share that when we say being a healthy partner, we're, we're all evolving. So none of us, right, are at that mm-hmm. pinnacle of a completely healthy. We're all, we're all working through that totally. stuff. And actually just through communicating with the with the whole mindset of we're on a team here. I'm going to express my feelings to you in a, in a non-accusatory way. And then, you know, the other person has their guard. The guard isn't put up, right? The guard is down and you can mm-hmm. really allow for some real communication there. And I love that.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing, actually, if, if you don't mind me interrupting, ahead. one thing I do want to add that I found personally very helpful, and this kind of ties okay. into that everyone has different love languages, Love language, everyone has Mm -hmm. their own, like, love language that works for them. But I found for me and my girlfriend, one thing that's really helpful is when we have to talk about difficult subjects and how we feel, Uh, two Mm -hmm. points is, one, sometimes it's easy for the couple to get embroiled in the content of what they're talking about, but – and that makes people start to get defensive, like, oh, I'm right and this person's wrong. But I would say focus on the connection you two are feeling, and one way that actually help connection a lot for my girlfriend and I when we're talking about difficult things is we literally hold each other or we hold hands. It is a lot harder to be mean and defensive when mm-hmm, you guys are mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. holding each other. So that's a tip that helped me a lot that I wanted to pass on.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. That is, that is beautiful. Now, based on your experiences, and we're going to ask a final question. it has been so insightful. And based on your experiences, what for our audience are the Top three tips you'd give singles searching for a searching for a great relationship let's say that um, what, what are the top three tips you'd give
2: Sure, the top three tips I'd give is one is kind of doing the mirror work work on yourself. you have to be emotionally healthy, okay. and this is what mentioned earlier you have to be emotionally healthy to attract an emotionally healthy partner because like attracts like the second thing is. I would say love and chemistry alone is not enough for attracting and keeping a partner. You have to have chemistry and compatibility, which means having similar values, being able to communicate and being on the same wavelength. And last but not least, I would say a good partnership is predicated on a good connection and to have a good connection, you have to be willing to be vulnerable and this is kind of the scary part for both mm-hmm. men and women. A lot of uh, To boil up a lot of dating advice out there nowadays that is a little bit more like mm-hmm. rules-based or like kind of like how to play the game, all that advice yeah. is kind of predicated in the fear of being vulnerable and showing yourself. But I found for me, vulnerability actually requires strength, and being willing to be vulnerable allows the other person to see for who you are and gives them the chance to connect with you.
1: Absolutely. And don't you find vulnerability attractive? If a woman, you know, shows you some and really trusts you with that, right? It's a real, mm-hmm. a, a big act of trust for a, a woman. So I really appreciate you sharing your insights with us, Jeremy. Is there, um, you know, let I me mean, I think this: Is there a website or project you'd like to share with our listeners? You'd like to learn more?
2: Sure. The way you, the listeners can connect with me is primarily through my website. Okay. My website is okay. men's confidencecoach.com once again that's men's confidencecoach.com and there's a link to my website in the main navigation called join the tribe that's a link to my private facebook group and that's one way you can directly correspond with me if you're interested and those will be the two best ways to kind of reach out and get in a dialogue with me
1: wonderful Thank you so much, Jeremy. Really appreciate all your insights. And guys, in case you joined us late, uh, my pleasure, in case you joined us late, you would like to share this show with people in your life, I'd like to remind you that today's radio show will be archived and available as a podcast on Intersections Match's website, which is www.intersectionsmatch.com. Appreciate you hanging out with us, and make sure
0: to join us for our next show.